You ain't ringing the bell. You ain't busting the grape. You ain't imitating me on this fucking tape. I'm ready when you are. You ain't ringing the bell. You ain't busting the grape. You ain't imitating me on this fucking tape. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Muse, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. This is from Old Dirty Bastards album. You know that, right? No, I'm really not. I I'm not as familiar with his album. I I know I listened to it, but I never like had it. It's from his second album. Uh, oh, nigga, please. <laughs> oh, I never listened to that one. Should I? <laughs> that album is so ridiculous. I showed it to a friend, and like the whole time he's just like, "Why did you show me this? <laughs> what did you think I had to gain from this?" And I was just like, "I don't know," but it, I just think it's funny that like. I'm the rap critic, and I'm so, like, critical shit, yet, yet, like, this was an album I used to listen to all the fucking time, and it's so bad. (laughs) Have you ever heard of this website called XSAO.net? No, I haven't. It was, like, the streaming website, and, you know, my mom used to, like, download songs from the internet and stuff like that, and I always kind of felt bad about that, like, oh, man, I don't like downloading, you know, the people have told me that it's bad, but (laughs) there was this website that just... You didn't download the songs, you didn't own them, they just streamed them so you could just listen to them. Oh, okay. And so I was like... That's interesting. Well, technically, I'm not a bad person because I didn't take it, I'm just hearing it, you know? Like, I could have done the same thing, like, just hearing it on the radio, except it's, like, the whole album. That was actually, like, part of what turned me into, like, the rap critic. Like, if it weren't for that, I probably would not have been as into you know, music as I would have been. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it weren't for the fact that, like, here's this music that was just readily available, it was like the Spotify before Spotify, you know? Yeah, I I was definitely in the same boat, except I definitely did 100% torrent shit back in the day. (laughs) I didn't really feel, uh, you know... I I didn't give shit. (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't deterred by those, uh, you wouldn't steal a car. (laughs) You wouldn't steal, like, uh, you know, I saw that shit, it was like, yeah, okay. Whatever. I already got fucking Napster. You know you know what's funny? It's like, you wouldn't download a car. It's like, yeah, I would. I would totally do that. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I get a free goddamn car. Are you crazy? Yeah, I, I had Napster back in the day when it was like really new, like before it was garbage and before mm-hmm. it turned into like iTunes Lite where you just got to buy the shit. Yeah, it's so weird to think that like that site is still around. And then why? What's the what's the point? <laughs> I know. Like I know Billboard was talking about, hey, you know, we're changing our algorithm to now how we're uh, going to be putting songs on the top ten. It's not going to be so much radio play. It's also going to be album set and uh, and album sales. It's also going to be like streaming on Spotify and buys on iTunes. Nowhere in there do you ever hear them say, oh, and buys on Napster. Like it doesn't. Fucking no one cares. Well, because the music industry fucking hates Napster for what it basically was the start of, you know? I've said this before, I think. I didn't have a musical identity or like anything specific until I was in my really early teens because I didn't really have that, um, that source of other music that wasn't what was just getting played on the radio. So until I was like 12 or 13, I was listening to mostly... 80s stuff um i had a disco phase um (laughs) like compilation albums like i would see commercials for compilation albums and those what i would buy like oh my god yo are you telling me that you saw the oh wait did do i have it saved uh they used to have this one commercial that was like (laughs) 
I didn't have that CD. I didn't buy that one. Ah, uh, shame. Apparently those things were just gimmicks, weren't they? Like... To I'm just pretty sure. Get you to buy like a subscription because I, I I watched oh, the yeah. commercials again and it was just like, would you like this CD? Get this CD of '80s things. You get it for free for free. And then halfway through the commercial, it goes, when you buy a subscription to Billboard, it's like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, if you buy a subscription to like Rolling Stone magazine or oh, Time yeah. Life, I know it was a big one. Yeah, I just love how like halfway through they give you the actual pitch for what they're selling you. After you've already heard samples of, like, 30 songs, now all of a sudden it's like, here's this magazine you didn't know you cared about until now. (laughs) Oh, okay. And the thing there was, you would buy the one, and then, like, every month, they would send you another one. And they would charge you for it at, like, full price unless you canceled. So it's like, people didn't think about that because it's, like, very fine print. So mm-hmm. you, you, you'd get that first CD in the mail. You'd be like, wow, these are like apparently the greatest songs of the 80s. And then all of a sudden it's like, here are some more greatest songs of the 80s. It's like, oh, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know I was getting this, but oh, great. It's like $20 that I didn't know I was spending. Yeah. Shit. All right. <laughs> no, but like as far as rap music goes, um, I remember buying the Monsters of Rap compilation back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. And that was like my first exposure to rap that wasn't Eminem. I didn't really know too much about rap, so when I bought that double disc, that was like, oh, okay, here I'm listening to, God, who all was on that? Like, you know, all, all the, when, when they say monsters of rap, it was really like the big names of the early 90s. So yeah, it's like, course. yeah, here's here's Snow, and here's Rexon Effect, <laughs> and here's Onyx, and it's like, Okay, cool, but it's like, none of these groups are still doing shit by the time you get the CD, so it's like, oh, okay. I guess it's just a snapshot of what it was like in 92. So, people are saying that it's not that big of a contribution, but I smell some bullshit in the water. So, exactly what is the bullshit here? How, how, what, what's going down? So, what they did was, they upload a song to YouTube... The, the label does it, but it's only the chorus. So, as you're listening to the song, like, you know, you sing, oh, snap, this new song dropped. And you start listening to it, and you're like, wait, why is there no verse? You know? And then I, I thought to myself, I was like, you know what's funny? When I first heard, like, when I first uh, heard the Rockstar song, I was like, well, let me check it out. And I saw that there was only a chorus. I was like, this is weird. Also, it's not on Post Malone's actual channel, and so I was thinking, like, well, did someone else, like, upload this or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, mm. did someone just, like, do their own version of it? And they're like, oh, download the other version. You know, download this song for free. <laughs> you know, the, the, those old fucking tags. They used yeah. They the beginning of YouTube videos. You know? Injected with a poison. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, come to find out, that's actually a tactic they've been using. Because it's like, ah, oh, well, technically the song's repeating. Ah, it's just like. That's, no, that's fucking cheating. And if that you're gonna is that, shady. And if, if you're going to do that, like, just do it for, like, the first 30 seconds and do it as, like, a snippet, like, coming soon, the full song, instead of just giving people the chorus and then repeating it for five minutes. So, like, like I mean, I, you know, thought ahead and I was skipping through. I was like, wait, where? when does the verse happen? And I was like, wait a minute, there, there is no verse. And the thing is, it literally says below, like, uh, uh, like Migos song featuring Nicki Minaj and um, and uh, Cardi B, 
and those motherfuckers don't sing on the chorus, so you're literally saying in this video, here are the people that are going to be featured in the song that you're about to listen to, and not playing the part that they're in. You know what I'm saying? It's just like... Oh, that is weird. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. And That's an odd tactic. Same thing for the Rockstar song. It said featuring, um... Uh, featuring uh, 21 Savage, yet he doesn't do the chorus, so they're literally saying that there's a person featured in the video that they're showing to you that's not, that's that whose vocals is literally not on the track. See, what I thought the situation was, because I didn't read the article at the time, but I remember hearing something very similar on the radio that uh, Will I Am, who, you know, regardless of what your opinion of him <laughs> Musically, might be. He's very imaginative. I'll give him that. And one thing he had said was he could see a time when it came down to songs were as long as Vine videos. Like, they'd be like six seconds. And it'd be super easy to digest. And that would be it. And that would, and they would take off like that. And I thought it was crazy at the time. I was like, no fucking way. That doesn't make any sense. But the more I thought about it, and the more I saw at the time, Vine was slowly taking over YouTube there for a while. And I was like, shit, maybe there really is something to this, like, short attention span. It's in, it's there for six seconds, it's gone. And that might not really be that far off, because I know a lot of radio stations, uh, like the hip-hop stations... Yeah, they play have, truncated like, versions of songs, they just want to hear the chorus... Yeah, that, they'll do the midday mixes where mm -hmm. they just play like, yeah, here's the chorus and maybe a verse of a song, you know, you haven't heard in a while. And that's enough for people, you know, like, I don't need to hear the chorus repeated three times. I, I sang along to it once. It's gone. That's fine. If I want to listen to it again, I'll pull it up on Spotify. Like, I, I don't want it to come down to that, obviously, because I appreciate longer songs. But for those who like that type of shit. Yeah, there could be a lane for it. I wouldn't be over here shaking my fist at a genre of music that the songs are six seconds, and that's about it. I would welcome it because then we could divide that lane. Like, the problem now is that, like, like remember that one song, the first let me hop out the motherfucking Porsche down, that song? <laughs> yeah. No one heard, like, the next 30 seconds of that song after the first you know, seven seconds they sampled. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so this whole song is now popular because of six seconds of it. And I think that's kind of unfair. You know? Like, it would be cool if it was like, hey, here's this song that's just supposed to be used for this and it's six seconds long. And it's like, all right, boom, that's that song. Now we can just be like, okay, those songs get those props. And now songs that are supposed to have a structure, we can like just go back to being able to just make those songs without feeling the need to tailor these types of songs to that type of, you know, aesthetic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, not every hip-hop album would have, would be as inclined to, like, oh, now we need the conscious song. Oh, now we need the, now we need the party track. And that's just kind of a little insight to the album we're going to be reviewing later. But, yeah, that seems to happen a lot. I, let's move on to the Taylor Swift story. Oh, yes, please. Man, all right. <laughs> I feel some type of way about this bullshit right here. And this is a really big story that I don't think is getting enough press, in my personal opinion. If I may, I'm just going to summarize this real quick. Mm. Toot sweet. Um, a blogger, 
I'm going to reiterate that because that is important to the story, in my opinion. A blogger wrote a piece, an opinion piece, saying that Taylor Swift is embracing the alt-right with her song and music video for Look What You Made Me Do. Yeah, which that is just patently wrong. If you look up the reasoning that they use, like, of course, the article is taking it from the white supremacists and what their analysis of the lyrics are. The things that he's trying to pull to make that work are so fucking thin that it's just like, dude, I understand we're on the let's try to out everybody as a Nazi sort of thing ever since the PewDiePie thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're trying to get their uh, their come up as like, ooh, we figured out. That she was oh she didn't come out uh, uh, against Trump enough because uh, you know Nazis listen to her music apparently so she didn't come out of Trump I was like really like okay so are we gonna do this to everybody like oh white supremacists like milk that's a meme of theirs why hasn't lactate come out against white supremacists huh you know what I mean like it's disingenuous I agree to a certain extent because I think the comparisons are unfair. I don't think that the song is exactly a wink and a nod to uh, a knowing wink and nod to white supremacy, to the alt-right, to all of that. But there was a precedent set a while ago. I made reference to this in my Look What You Made Me Do video. I made a joke about it, but by that point it was already old news that for about a year now, I remember like a year ago, I heard that the alt-right were trying to co-opt Taylor as their, quote, like, ideal woman. Like, yeah. she I mean, is the face of, like... Eyed chick. I mean, it, it Exactly. Fits. Right. That's unfortunate that that has to happen to somebody. I know we talked about this a while ago where um, Australia had the vote about uh, uh, same-sex marriage and someone took a photo of Meghan Trainor and was like, no, on same-sex marriage or whatever. And Meghan Trainor was like, what the fuck? Yeah, Who did this? No, Nobody asked image. me. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's unfair. You shouldn't be doing that shit. But I do think someone does have a personal responsibility up to a certain extent to distance yourself from that as quickly as possible. Take example. Fucking Papa John's this mm, week. That's a good point, um, actually. The, the CEO of Papa John's said that the players kneeling in protest during uh, the national anthem at football games could be potentially hurting his pizza sales because I guess people aren't watching the games on Sunday, so people aren't ordering pizzas. But other pizza companies have already come out and said that they are not hurting at all. So <laughs> it might just be that Papa John's is a substandard pizza. Maybe it's you. <laughs> it might just be you, bruh. So that all's going on. And then the Daily Stormer, um, as seen on Patreon, runs this piece that says Papa John's is now officially the pizza of the alt-right. We are now claiming that. Uh, and they even had a nice little picture they made up of with uh, pepperonis on a pizza in the shape of a swastika and all that. Very creative. Papa John's, about two days later, was like, we don't want to have anything to do with that. The damage was already done, and people already have their opinion on their shitty pizza, so it didn't really matter. But... It was a good look to be like, hey, you know, we don't want any part of that. Taylor Swift has had ample time right. to come out and say something about it, but she hasn't. And this article does say, because the article itself, I, could, I couldn't I could care less. 
about all of that. Fuck it. If, if someone wants to write an article about Taylor Swift and the alt-right, that's fine. Taylor Swift's lawyer, though, threatens to sue and goes in this whole big tirade. Uh, this is a confidential legal notice and is not for publication. Any publication, dissemination, or broadcast of any portion of this letter will constitute a breach of confidence and a violation of Copyright Act. Yeah, I don't... Mm, like, what the fuck is this guy? Yeah, it's like... A did you copyright the letter before you said How did you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> that fast? Yeah. I didn't think that was a thing. So that's where I take issue because mm-hmm. now it's an issue of uh, freedom of press. And I've already seen this come up too, bringing up other recent news stories of the uh, LA Times running an article critical of Disney. And now Disney is oh, all of a sudden yeah. saying, oh, yeah, well, you're not allowed at any of our movie screenings anymore. Yeah. It's like, what? What the fuck is this attack on journalism suddenly? Yeah, and, and notice all the free speech ad, uh, warriors ain't saying shit. Notice that? Yeah, it's only when it's convenient for them. But yeah, I don't know what this is because this blog, by the way, and I wanted to emphasize that it was a blog. That This wasn't the Washington Post op-ed page or anything. Yeah, they had a hundred Twitter followers <laughs> for this blog. And this lawyer is taking time out of his, I'm sure, busy day to threaten to sue for what? Saying that you've made comparisons between Taylor Swift and Adolf Hitler. Not giving the context of there is a shot where Taylor Swift is looking over this balcony at like an army of young plastic women. And it does kind of look like a Nazi rally. She's dressed (laughs) in a dominatrix outfit, which is different, but you still got the shiny black going on. And, you know, one could make the connection. It's very subtle. It's like tenuous at best. It's like, okay, so no one can make a music video where they're doing a speech in front of a bunch of people now? Yeah, see, this is the thing. If Taylor Swift wasn't labeled the ideal woman of the alt-right mm. in the first place, I don't think this would have been a thing. Mm. It's just the fact that she'd been so silent of it, the fact that while everybody else in the industry was endorsing candidates, she didn't endorse Hillary till the day before the election. The article didn't bring this up, but I haven't forgotten that while everybody else was running to Kesha's aid, Taylor took an obscene amount of time to not even respond she just gave money to Kesha's court case and just was like hey good luck mm. it's like yeah that's that's great and all but you know a statement you know condemning the actions and showing support to, to me would mean a lot more I don't think Kesha was hurting for money in the court case mm-hmm. but the solidarity with the other female musicians in the industry you know, that means a lot more. You had everybody else, and Taylor Swift was noticeably absent. And I think the only reason there even was money donated was because people were starting to criticize and be like, hey, Taylor, where the fuck you at? She already has a bad reputation for being kind of an asshole to people. Yeah, and that, and that's what I think the thing is. She is trying to keep up. She is one of the last image artists, right? Because she's the most popular artist, you know, like, and there used to be a time where, like, people would probably do a lot worse back in the day to maintain a certain type of reputation. And she's one of the biggest artists, like, in the world right now. The only artist that can still go platinum, apparently. And they want to keep control of her image. And the reality might be that she's just kind of a shitty person, you know, but they need to protect that image to make sure you don't know that. It's kind of like the, uh, the, um... Whitney, uh, Whitney Houston thing. 
you know, we cannot let it slip that this woman did crack. So if you let it slip that like, wait, Taylor Swift's an asshole and all that those songs about her, you know, getting revenge on the bad person who did her wrong. Wait a minute. What if she's the bad person and the person that is like reacting to her is, you know, that messes up the narrative of her music. And so it's tightly controlled because of that. And so with with them, they go, at, if you've noticed, they go after really petty shit. Which, by the way, one more thing before we get into that other uh, lawsuit thing, is that Joseph Kahn, he's a director. He directed a bunch of Taylor Swift's music videos. He directed Look What You Made Me Do. He directed uh, Bad yeah, Blood, yeah, yeah. all of that. He decided to chime in and say, let's not forget who really endorsed a white supremacist and that, showed a picture. That's kind of a good point, though. That is a kind of a good point, uh, showing a picture of Kanye with uh, Donald Trump. But if we're if someone is accusing Taylor Swift of being a white supremacist, is that really the time to go after a black artist? I, <laughs> I don't think he was helping much. No. Oh, now I remember. I, I found it. Um, a podcast recited lyrics from Taylor Swift's wildest dream. They went at, like, it's things like that, like going after the fucking small people for some reason. Sued her former guitar teacher, uh, because she was like, hey, I'm the person who taught Taylor Swift. You know, she's trying to get her a little piece of change, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's shit like that where it's just like, why are you doing this? When you do overboard shit like this, the problem is, uh, what, what is it, the share effect? Uh, the, the, or the, the, the Streisand effect, it backfires on you. Cause now more people are saying, whoa, hold on a minute. Why did Taylor Swift really not want you to read this article about, uh, Nobody would have read that article otherwise. Exactly. Like, I didn't know. A hundred Twitter followers? Now everyone's hearing, hearing about it. Exactly. And so it's like, why did she not want you to know that she's a white supremacist? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what gets your brain you know, uh, 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 set off instead of, like, if you would have just heard about it and been like, all right, yeah, let's just ignore that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, if it gets picked up by, you know, I don't know, uh, Wall Street Journal or some shit like that, yeah. then maybe be like, okay, this is ridiculous. I need to say something. What is all some fucking bullshit website? Don't give any credence to that shit. Like, why are you doing this? It's completely unnecessary. My theory is that it's a desperate cry for attention because... Look What You Made Me Do was met with heavy criticism. People making fun of the song, people saying it was garbage. Then she had the follow-up single, um, Are You Ready For It? And it's so underwhelming. Like, it's just barely there that it could be a coincidence that right around the time where critics are just now reviewing the album and may not be too kind to it, that all of a sudden... We're doing this lawsuit thing to try to get some attention, to try to get people talking about old Taylor Swift, because no one really is. The only reason people were talking about her when that song came out was because of how, like, it was kind of, like, shocking and jarring and how it kind of borrowed from other things. And yeah. it was like, ooh, is she taking shots at Kanye? Like, that was the only reason anyone gave a shit. It wasn't even because the song was any good or the video was any good. It was, is she taking cheap shots at Kanye? It's about the drama around it, yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't for that, if she led with, um, are you ready for it? Oh my God. That would have been just suicide for the album. Like, it would have been completely trash right out the window. I, I think that is worth considering. And at this point, 
I, I'm not going to go ahead and accuse Taylor Swift of being a white supremacist, but because who the fuck knows who they're going to sue at this point, but I do think it would be in her best interest. It would behoove her to maybe say something about it by now. Like, now might be the time to say something. Exactly. Like, I can understand the idea of not wanting to bring it up because you want to stay the pop princess and you don't want... Because, you know, it's one of those things where, like, sometimes addressing a rumor is what brings more attention to it. Like, most of her fans, you know, they're 13, 14-year-old girls. They're not going on white supremacist websites, so they haven't heard about (laughs) this. But when you put that out there and say... Hey, I'm not a white supremacist. Then these 13-year-old kids are like, wait a minute, I'm not a white supremacist either. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? There's definitely a whole team behind her. Like, they're not just doing this shit willy-nilly. It's not just like one rogue lawyer, you know, off his nut. No. Like, the everything that they do with this person and their image is planned. So for them to do that, that shit was planned. For that intimidation tactic, that wasn't just one person doing it. A team of people got together and said, like, okay, what should we do to make this happen? So someone decided to bring up uh, in the comment section for the last episode, because, yes, we do read the comments. Oh, yeah. Uh, They were like, yo, did you uh, ever hear the cannabis uh, uh, stand response? Oh, yeah, because uh, last week we were talking about that there was a possibility of there being a deleted or long-lost additional verse uh, to the Eminem song Stan. Uh, Talking about how that song could have gone and how the fourth verse could have went. Yeah, and someone said, have you heard this song? And I know I did some years ago because I remember listening to that that CD, but I didn't necessarily remember the song itself. So this is my first time hearing it in a while. It's so bad. It's pretty embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> and apparently he wrote this song because he took the song stand personally due to things that had, that had transpired between Eminem and himself. Oh, stop. So no. this isn't just like a response record. He like oh. really felt some type of way about that song. And you can hear it. You can really hear it. <laughs> First of all, we have the chorus, which is just bad oh it's yeah it's so bad it's so cloying and annoying and you like he's sounds like he's on the verge of crying <laughs> yeah why is it all super dramatic yo didn't care like what the hell is up with that shit i can't tell what the tone is supposed to be i was lost but now i'm free and like it's like i'm happy because i found a family sounds like he was introduced to a cult or some shit like like the way he sang it. That song makes no goddamn sense. The whole time he's talking about, hey, you know, I wrote I wrote you those letters and everything, but uh it's cool now. And then finally it's like, hey, I met up with another rapper and things are cool now. It's like, okay, cool. Shouldn't you have like told us that before? Uh, oh, and the guy was cannabis. It's like uh, Okay. Dun dun dun! It was cannabis. Cannabis is the good guy once again. It really is like Stan is the song. And this is, like, the bad fan fiction. Does the song ever mention that it's supposed to be him, Cannabis? I I don't remember it saying that, but that might have been implied. He doesn't say it by name, but he talks about how I was hanging out with this guy, and um, you came to his video shoot uh, the day that Clef was hanging out. Yeah, yeah. So it's supposed to be alluding to the fact that, like, 
And like, what is the ultimate brag here? I stole your obsessive fan. Like, <laughs> that's you know how you saying? get to him. Yeah, like, ooh, I stole your made-up fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying, that this is basically, like, bad fan fiction. You it, know? it definitely feels like it, yeah. He tries to, like, retroactively change the uh, the point of the song. Like, he says, uh, things are better. I, I promise I won't harass you with any letters saying shit like we should be together. I may reach and start a group. The industry's full of homosexuals, Slim, but I didn't want to fuck you. It's just like, uh, and it's like, I got a new attitude. Really, I ain't mad at you. I just wanted you to recognize that I've got talent, too. That's what I meant. I, I meant that we should be a rap group together. It's like, that's so... He's trying to redcon all of Stan. Exactly. He's, he's like, no, it wasn't all being gay. It's like, why are you... Like, caping for this not-real character. <laughs> and even then, it's like, you know, the reason why it makes that dynamic is because it's like, here's someone who's obsessed to the point of wanting to have a sexual relationship with them. It's not, like, obvious and overt, but it's sort of, like, there in a way that, you know, you can see it being the thing. That's why that works so brilliantly. But for him to, like... Like you said, retcon that and be like, no, that's not what I meant. What I meant was I just wanted to be your friend. It's just like... Well, that's just lame. Like I said, it, it totally works in that in that sort of frame of the shitty fan fiction. Like, oh, that's not what it was. I hung out with this guy who was really cool, and he he was working at the hospital and hopped in the back of the ambulance and rolled up some weed. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> he told me to chill, and he and he lit up some weed. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it sounds like a goddamn high school fanfic. Yeah, and it's like, okay, why would someone jump in the back of a fucking hospital van? <laughs> I mean, hospital van. Of an ambulance. <laughs> and just be like, let me, I know you're like, your lungs are probably half crushed in. Let me smoke some weed in front of you. You want to hit? And, and then the way he ends the verse, he says, uh, in the emergency room, I needed surgery to get the glass removed and 50 stitches for my wounds. <laughs> Just the way he says it is so bad. Dude, it's sad because wasn't there a time that cannabis, like, was pretty decent? There was! I can swear to God there was! And here we are, for the second time on the show, <laughs> making fun of fucking cannabis as if he's a goddamn joke. Which, I mean, I guess he is now, <laughs> but... Struggle rap. Cannabis. <laughs> The only good part of this song was near the end where he says, uh, I mean, it's still kind of ruined because he's doing that nasally voice that, I just want to be a friend, damn it. It's just like, please stop. Are you, are you um, talking about when he, when he like acts like he's breaking down crying? Oh my God, I forgot oh. about that part. God <laughs> oh, damn it. What happens when you don't care? And you know what's funny about that part is that it ruins what the song was supposed to be building up in the first place. This wasn't the point of the song, I got over you. It's not that big of a deal. I'm chilling with this guy now. But then the end of the verse is, why didn't you notice me? (laughs) This is what happens. Like, what what happens? I thought everything was cool. Yeah, this is what happens. Your life continues the way it was before, and I move on. 
<laughs> That's what happens when you don't care, Eminem. Nothing affects you, and I get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing affects you, and it affects me for a while. <laughs> and then Eminem decides to come back with the, the diss track, which... It's like, you could even look at the Cannabis song and not even really see it as much of a diss, per se... But I guess M took it as one, and he fucking comes back with both barrels. <laughs> he fucking lets him have it. Eminem holds on to shit for a while for some reason. Yeah, he doesn't forget. Eminem probably still has beef with Fred Durst. Remember when he randomly disliked Mariah Carey in 09? It was just like, oh, wait, what? Why is this happening? Remember when <laughs> we were going to be together, but then you didn't, and I have it on tape that you said you wanted to be with me? And Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the, the problem with that beef was that it's like, all right, you're bringing up something that doesn't matter from, like, right. seven years ago. Ugh. That's stupid of you. But what Mariah Carey should have done is just shut the fuck up and leave it alone. Because she was like, nah, that didn't happen. And everyone was like, oh, you're calling me a liar. <laughs> it was like, oh, no. Like, so this all started because it was Eminem's fault. I want that to be clear. Yeah. But yo, don't fucking give Eminem a reason to come back at you. You know what I'm saying? Because especially if you're caught, especially if you don't have the truth on your side in that instance, you know? And then we got the fucking, why are you so obsessed with me song? Yeah, milk toast ass. With, in, in the, the music, music video. video. This, yeah, Eminem someone is supposed to be Eminem, like trying to snap pictures of her. Yeah, like, like, oh. Eminem doesn't even have a goatee. Like, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> Just like she just wanted to have that out of no 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 it wasn't supposed to be you. <laughs> you no 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 you took it all out of context. Please don't fucking release the tape. Going back to it, like the cannabis song actually has kind of a good point near the end. He says, you know, you're talking about uh, Britney and Christina and NSYNC and all these pop artists that are like pretty, you know, like uh, uh, pop icons and shit. And he's like, have you looked in the mirror? You're fake too. You're, you know, your hair's not really blonde. That's a facade. You know what I'm saying? Like you're playing a character. And it was like, that actually is kind of a good point. And then he says, so never diss me because when you diss me, you're dissing you. It's like, wait, but that would be saying that you're fake. Like, it just doesn't work. You see, like, how it just breaks down. This week on the Going Off Podcast, we are talking about Selfish by Problem, as it is apparently the only rap album that came out last Friday. At least it's the only one we could find on most websites, which was odd. I didn't remember his name at first. Uh, you did. You let me know that he did the chorus of, what was it, Sweatpants? Okay, I don't... I think he actually did the chorus. I think he just did the what? In, what? In the he just did the what? And I was like, that's a I weird about way that. for someone to get a credit. Initial thoughts. I thought it was cool. I enjoyed it. If I were to sum it up, I would say that maybe half of the songs are considerably better than the other half yeah. of the songs. Mm -hmm. It was like every other song hit. And then in between, it was like, hmm, okay, that's fine. Um, it started out really strong. It ended strong in a different way. Definitely. I like how you started off the last song, like, every album has to have a song like this. 
Do they? Do they though? Yeah, I know. Do, like, does every song have? Does every album have to have a song with crying baby sound effects? If there's a way to irritate me more, uh, I know faster, you don't like the crying babies. I was like, oh shit! I know he's he's definitely loving this. I knew exactly what the fuck it was too. As soon as the crying babies, I was like. This is a song about abortion, isn't it? <laughs> Lo and behold. Because wasn't the last song with, with baby crying sound effects also about abortion? Uh, what song? Wasn't it on an Arrested Development album? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that had crying baby sound effects in it, too. Is that just the go-to? Like, think about the babies and the crying. It's like, you know, baby crying isn't pleasant, so for you to go like... Think about how valuable this life is and it does the most annoying sound at you. Yeah, wouldn't you want them like, I don't know, like sounding maybe like... cooing or some shit. Cooing? Yeah, that, that's the way to do it. It's also hard for me to feel bad when some of them are clearly stock baby sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> that I've heard before. It's like, well, I recognize that one. What did you think of uh, Selfish by Problem? I, I kind of had a similar thought, actually. Uh... Yeah, like, you know, some of the songs are kind of whack. Some of them were good. They would randomly switch up in the middle, some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which which actually, like, served a good purpose. Like, there was... What was that one part where, uh, um... In Living Good, uh, Rest in Peace, Jen. Like, I didn't like it, and it was just kind of like, eh, this is boring, this is going nowhere. And then halfway through, the beat cuts out to something completely different, which led me to believe, like, the song was over. And then he just was like, wait a minute, what the fuck is your problem? You got a fucking problem? It was like this, like, vaguely Spanish-sounding too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, huh? and, like, I'm just listening to the song, and all of a sudden, it's like, wait, is someone about to beat the shit out of me? <laughs> through the fucking phone? <laughs> yeah. Where's this coming from? Yeah, like, it was just, like, and it was so abrupt, too. <laughs> so, it was just like, the, the music's going to, wait a minute, what the fuck is your problem? I was like, oh, I didn't have a problem. <laughs> Some of these songs, it was hard to tell when the next song was coming, because they would just stop, like, there was one where all of a sudden it's like this dude on a street and he's like singing to himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like these girls in the background sound like they're like facetiously like egging him on, you know, like they're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I liked that it added a sort of like, it added a personality to the album. I thought like those, that clip of him asking the little girl if life's fair, and she just oh, goes, yeah. uh-uh. Like, that was cute. I liked that. Um, but going back to the last track, Selfish, if you're going to have a song like that, all right? Well, I, I like that song. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Selfish as a song is fine. Hmm. I don't have a problem with that. But how are you going to end an album where the whole time you've been, I'm a fuck your bitch. I'm a fuck all these bitches. And then all of a sudden end it with like, oh my God, only the Lord knows. Like, all right. Well, I, I think oh, that's fucking sort of, right. I think that's sort of like kind of a good point in and of itself, though, because in the song, the point is that like, all I think about is myself and look what trouble it's causing because of that, you know? Right. Yeah. If, if this was, like, a concept album where it was, like, a slow realization, mm-hmm. but it just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, he says, um, 
Oh, and the auto-tune could have gone the fuck oh, away. Oh, yeah. Why in a song like that is there auto-tuned chorus? Like, dude, he sounds specifically bad with that shit on his voice. I like, don't know what the fucking point of that was. I've never heard someone sound like... Like, his voice doesn't sound that particularly egregious. But when he put that auto-tune out, I don't know what he was doing. But whatever it was that causes the certain inflections, it was just like my ear was just going... I don't want to hear this. <laughs> that was a terrible idea. Yeah. And it was like, I, and I was just thinking, like, what is that? Just fine? Because wasn't he singing on the Ain't Like You? I could swear the second verse was, it was either him or the other featured guy that was on there. But I really liked that song. It was a sort of dope, sure. like, experimental track with Neo. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is out of nowhere. I really like it. Um, and, it, like, I really like Selfish for the emotionality of it outside of the chorus. And, and for pointing out, like, you know, his own hypocrisy. Like he says, uh, he's talking about like the stuff that his uh, child is going through, having to wear a uh, iron lung. I, I don't remember what it was. It was just like something that, like some sort of breathing apparatus or something mm. that his kid has to have. And then he goes like, I know that, you know, uh, this, this thing that my child is going through is going to make me a better person. And then he goes like, huh. Look at me again. I, I, all I think about, once again, I'm just thinking about me. Like, it was just like, shit. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, me having to deal with this is going to make me a better person. Wait, I'm making it about me again. <laughs> yeah. That was the problem. <laughs> it's like, fuck. And then he goes like, um, and then he says like, you know, on the course, it actually has a good point. He's like, you know, they say I'm selfish and I actually agree because, you know, when shit's going down, I mean, who's going to look out for me? You know, it's just mm-hmm. like. There's an element of selfishness that kind of makes sense, where it's like, you do have to look out for yourself, but then, you know, that turns into, you know, greed. It turns into not caring about how what you do affects other people, you know? And, you know, it had the viola that was playing all throughout the live viola, and I was like, oh, this is pretty dope. Um, Get On It wasn't great, but it was a welcomed musical change. I was thinking the same thing. It reminded me of, um... What was that song? Uh, Dance in the Water by uh, Danny yeah. Brown. <laughs> Dance in the Water and not get wet. Where all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, we're doing a fucking like poppy dance number. All right, that's that's fine. <laughs> like that's what I was I was alluding to before, where it's like these releases feel like they need the serious song now. They need the fucking yeah, heart, yeah. Like now, now we have the dance song. Because even Danny Brown had that one, the fucking hell for it, where it was like, now I'm going to bring it down a little bit, and I'm going to yeah, talk yeah. to you about all the things I'm going through. Um, yeah, there always seems to be, like, the same beats on yeah, these. Yeah, um, and, um, yeah I, I, I dug that song, too, for what it was. Yeah, it, it kind of sounded like 90s Miami bass, you know? Yeah. And actually, the song started off, it was like, uh, you know, rest in peace, fresh kid ice from two live crew. Yeah. You know? I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. I also love it, like, randomly in the middle of that song, like, they're doing, like, you know how they're doing the little, uh, breakdown after the chorus, and it's like, yeah, girl, throw it at me, because I ain't scared, I'm, I'm a fight back, yeah, throw it at me, and then he go, and then he just interrupts himself and goes like, oh, you almost made me, oh, take this money, get the hell away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what was that? <laughs> what I happened? wish there was more of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> where, where the fucking album has personality, because for the most part... It didn't really have much of one, in my opinion. It didn't have much of an identity besides the was every track. It was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know who this is. Like, if you didn't tell me, you know, or if I didn't hear that, I wouldn't be able to tell what this was. Um, the songs I liked, I dug. 
Um, I don't know if they'd be really enough to save the EP, though. Like, I liked them, but do I like them enough to still be like, check out this EP for the, for these three songs? Yeah. Or would people really be missing out if they didn't That's hear it? Point. Like, it started out cool. I thought Mission Statement was fun. And then they were like, this will all make sense by the end. It's like, oh, I, I guess. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what was supposed to come together. Like, no, I, I'm a shitty person. And these were the repercussions for what I went through, for what I did, I guess. If that's the point. But it really did feel like a sort of epic intro for the sake of sounding epic. You know what I mean? And then it just ends with a woman whispering, um... Was that say like it all comes down to the fourth quarter or something? Yeah, like the fourth it all makes quarter? sense by the fourth quarter, and it was just like, uh, that's what you said before, and like there was no like revelation, like oh, that's why he made that first song. Like there was nothing like that. You know what I mean? No, nah. And then just really loud static, which was like, ah, yeah. right. Why do you do that? Uh, three three fifty four was catchy. Yeah, I, I like the sample of the public enemy, sort of the. You know, the one, two, three, four, five, but turning it into the three, five, four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, these choruses where it's just like one line repeated, mm. that kind of got on my nerves a little bit. I, I was kind of sick of that. It reminded me of uh, Sweatpants, even if he didn't do it, because Sweatpants' chorus was just a line repeated. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't mind it there. Uh, here it was just like, okay. Like, there was one song where... God, I forget which one it was, because I forget what the... It wasn't what the name of it was, but... It was just, like, one line. Just, like, over and over. Oh, it was the, uh... Oh, Top Off. That's the third one. I actually actually thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah, overall, like, the whole time I was thinking three... Yeah, then like, Then there were other points where I was thinking, ah, you know, maybe three and a half, but yeah, at the I, end of the day, I think three's fair. I, I'd say three and a half. Yeah? Yeah. The, the shortness of it means that the good parts stick out more for me. That's true, yeah. But at the same time, I, could, I couldn't I could imagine going to someone and be like, yo, you gotta hear this. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like, I, I couldn't give it a strong recommendation. Yeah. But I wasn't ever, like, you know, rolling my eyes or groaning. You know, all, all the songs were good. It's just, you know, uh, some of them were stronger than others. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for checking us out. If this is your first time listening, you can hear all of our old episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter so you can follow us and see what we're talking about throughout the week. And if you have an album that you would like to hear us review on the show, you can request it on our Patreons. Go to either patreon.com slash... Rap Critic or Patreon.com slash Muse for details there. And until next week for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And get the fuck out of here!